This is Podflix, episode 202. I'm Willie. I'm Nish. And I'm Paul. Hey, guys. Hey. This is an interesting, it's an interesting episode, right? I suppose. Suppose it is. Is there a reason it's an well, interesting episode? Beyond the fact that we are something? just inherently interesting and talk about interesting things? <laughs> well, I don't think we've ever split up something into two, into two parts like this. It's like uh, old VHS, you know, it's the Braveheart VHS or what's another epically long two, two VHS movie. That is probably true that we've never split anything up like this. In fact, a long, long time ago, I remember um, in, in Podflix version one, um, we had two different episodes, I think, where we like each talked about the f- entire first season of a TV show. <laughs> like we covered three seasons of tv shows <laughs> what were we That's thinking right. yes kind of crazy i thought i really wanted you to see the shield yes that's right that was definitely one of them <laughs> uh so this week we um finished off and or uh i couldn't remember what episode we were resuming from we we left off we we did episodes one through seven for the first thing. So this is episode eight through 12. So five episodes basically. Okay. I'll, I'll confess that, um, I was thinking I was on nine or 10 and then man, did I let those babies just sit there for a while? (laughs) How'd you guys do with watching it? Um, the same, I think I probably let it sit for about a week, week and a half and then felt the need and watched the last couple of episodes. Like, you know, one a night kind of a thing for like three nights in a row to kind of get through them. Yeah. And when we did our first uh, episode on this, I, I might have been furthest along of all of us. Um, I only had two episodes left to go and then I did not watch them until today, uh, partially because I was, you know, I was on vacation for the last two weeks and traveling around with my kids. And that, that was a little bit of it. But, uh, you know, I, I just kept thinking to myself, like, oh, I'll watch it closer to the episode, closer to when we record. And then it ended up being the day. So these last two episodes very fresh in my mind. It's a, it's good because they're not for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird sh- it's a weird show that way for me. And that like every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I really enjoy everything about this show. And then when it was like, I have to watch this for the for the podcast, I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like doing that right now. Uh, I don't really feel like doing that right now. I don't think I've ever felt that way about another show. For me, it's the problem that I have with a lot of prestige TV. And I guess people could argue whether this counts as prestige TV or not. But um, the problem that I have is like, I have to be in the right mindset to watch this kind of movie, which is to say like awake and willing to pay attention. And that doesn't happen too very often anymore. So it takes me a long time to get through anything that's really good. Yeah, it's interesting, like talking about this as prestige TV, because I I think most people like you would not consider this prestige TV. And I would guess that it's probably not generally considered prestige TV because it's a Star Wars um, thing. But I think I define what what is prestige TV like um, like, like like Sopranos. Yeah, that's a good example of it. Um, Yeah, that's or like newer, you might say like succession. Right. Uh, Like 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 those kinds of shows where it's like. People are talking about them and there's like a lot of character development going on and a lot of plotting and things like this. And, you know, that sort of thing, like 
those kinds of shows, even shows maybe that are like less heralded than those shows, but have like the same idea behind them. Like something I know this was fair is fairly heralded, but I always found found it to be overrated, like something like Ozark, for instance, which I feel like is, in my opinion, kind of a pale imitation of better shows, but definitely has that prestige TV feeling to it. This kind of does like I would agree, like when you look at the plots of it and everything, it's like, yeah, I think this falls into that prestige TV category, although I don't think anybody thinks of it that way. Like it's definitely that kind of show, like you said, Paul. Just yeah, in, I, just in the Star Wars universe. I mean, quote unquote genre stuff always gets the short end of the stick, right? When it mm-hmm. comes to hundred you know, percent critical recognition. So, yeah, I, I was, was gonna say I don't know if many people think about it. To be honest with you, I, I just I, aside from us and kind of like some Star Wars people I know, like I don't hear anybody talking about this show, which I think is a shame. I well, I don't know who I really keep in touch with or anything that I talk to, but like I saw a lot of articles while this show was going on. Maybe not a lot, but like in places where I would look on the Internet, I would see articles that kind of. So it's weird because like on the one hand, like I guess I did see stuff about it, but most of the stuff I saw about it was kind of like people aren't talking about the show as much as they should. This show is awesome. Like this show mm-hmm, should right. be like a show that everyone is watching. Like don't even if you are not someone who doesn't like star Wars or doesn't like, like sci-fi, like you should watch the show. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what a lot of the articles I was reading were saying about it. And I do believe that it's definitely shown up on quite a few like critical, like best, like end of year, best of lists, which is good. Cause I, I mean, not that I've watched a ton of stuff this year, so I don't know what to compare it to, but it feels like it should be on best of lists based on, you know, after having finished it. I think it will. I have a feeling it's going to win a bunch of awards and then people will go back and watch it later. Yeah, possibly. I I, I never have a feel. I mean, the issue with awards is just that, you know, a lot of good shows on and it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. don't know what, what it might be up against or not, or that kind of thing. I do believe it was nominated. Like the golden global nominations came out in December and I'm pretty sure it did get nominated for some stuff, but I don't know what I, I think Diego Luna was nominated for instance. I would have been surprised if he wasn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see. See, see how that goes. How do you guys want to, sh- how do you want to structure this? Do we, well, do we do a plot recap again? We kind of did that before. I, I was like, maybe, ah, maybe, maybe we can talk a little bit about sh- like the major strands of these last five episodes. Like we, we chose to stop this, our, our first uh, kind of dive into Andor. Um, we chose to stop at the, at, on the episode where at the end of the episode, Cassian is unfairly arrested, sentenced, and sent to a prison, uh, Narkina 5. Um, and so, you know, the first three episodes of these five we're going to talk about, episodes 8, 9, and 10, all take place within that prison. At least his part of the of the episode takes place within the prison, which is the major part of each of those episodes, I would say. And, and it kind of deals with sort of like the workings of the prison um, and then eventually how he sort of leads uh an escape from the prison uh, and a revolt and an escape from the prison um and then i guess the other main threads you know as we discussed in the last episode there's like a lot of there's like four or five different threads going on and and they start intersecting i i will say around here so um the isb inspector who we've been following um dedra miro heads to ferrix and sort of takes over 
on Ferex and um, captures Bix, or you know, uh, and Andor's mechanic friend, and tortures her for information. And she kind of, I, I can't remember if this was starting to happen already in the episodes we talked about last time, but she is figuring out that there is maybe a person. It, it's Luthen. It's it's Stellan Skarsgård character, but she doesn't know his name or know what he looks like or anything, but she is able to kind of figure out that there is there is a figure who is kind of masterminding or is one of the masterminds of some of these rebel plots. And so she is trying to kind of find him, and she sort of is able to determine through torturing Bix that Cassian Andor may know who he is. Um, and so that makes her want to really find uh, Cassian. So that's another part of the plot. Um, and then probably the other major one i feel like maybe i'm missing something but probably probably the other majorish one is is like the mon mothma stuff which um kind of in this last half delves a lot into like financial issues you know she is she's having trouble getting um she's having more and more trouble getting the financing that she's trying to get to like help the rebellion or help you know it's not really the rebellion capital r yet you know it's just rebellious activities let's call it um hmm. They're, you know, basically because of the raid on Aldani, people are looking at all of this kind of stuff a lot more, people being the Empire. And so she has to do a lot of machinations to kind of try to figure out how to sort of get her money in order. And that kind of entangles her in ways that she's not really happy about. I would say we can get into that more. But those are probably the main thoughts. And then everything comes to a head in the last episode, basically. Um in the second to last episode, uh, Cassian's adoptive mother, Marva, passes away. Um, and a funeral is to be held uh, in Ferrix. And that happens in the last episode. And basically, all of these characters come together in, in that last episode at the funeral. Um, and that's that's basically yeah, how we're, things we're gonna, end. We're going we're gonna to save that conversation. But man, yeah. Yeah. that was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, yeah we'll talk, well, I feel like we'll be talking a fair amount about that last episode, I think. Yeah. So, the first three episodes when he's in the prison were actually my three favorite. And while I was watching him, I felt like um, you really started to get a feeling for the weight of like uh, oppression and what was happening and like how quickly it could go out of control in that way. And I don't know what I was watching. I was like, I bet you Paul is loving me. So, I, I wanted to get Paul's hot take <laughs> right away. Like, because it feels almost like a. The attention to detail and it stroked all the right sci-fi dorky things for me and felt like a reverse heist if, or jailbreak maybe like it yeah i don't know i was watching i was like paul's definitely loving this were you i did <laughs> i did like those episodes I, I i i liked them a lot i mean unfortunately they were interspersed with a lot of like the torture of big stuff and like i uh, don't yeah. i don't like that stuff i feel like that is Oftentimes, especially in Star Wars, it's like shorthand for like this person's evil because they're going to torture somebody else. Um, and it, so we can talk about that in a minute. But the, the presence stuff I thought was interesting. Like the thing they did with like the floor and all that, um, I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, it kind of doesn't work probably if you think about it too hard. Um, but um, of course it works. But I did think it was I did think it was interesting. I really liked um, I really liked Andy Circus, and I you know they left it very ambivalent about what happens to him at the end. And yeah. I hope I hope he shows up again. 
because um, I really liked his character. Like that, that made the whole prison sequence really interesting. I thought he was great, like really, really good. Um, there's um, and and like all through it, because like, he, yeah, I mean, it's three episodes and not even a full three episodes, like you said, Paul. But like he really undergoes an arc and the last of the three episodes when they are getting ready to like do the jailbreak, basically, like to put the plan into action like he is so good like the look on his face and like like kind of as he's like kind of almost like mentally hyping himself up in anticipation and also like scared at the same time like it's mm-hmm. it's just he does such a good job in those scenes it, it was like maybe my favorite parts of the entire series i would say like that that part and and his performance like you said and they do they do a really good job like a common theme in this series has been like the empire is arrogant and ultimately like that's how they get break out of this prison is because the empire is arrogant understaffs the prison um my guess is like um because they probably need so many people working that's like why they're trumping up all these charges and they're stretched really thin and they have they just got all these people pumping away on you know death star widgets forever yeah yeah absolutely um, the, the aesthetic of the prison, by the way, like it's, um, I mean, it's very fitting in Star Wars because I thought what it reminded me of, and I'd have to go back and see if this is actually correct or not, because it's been years and years and years since I saw this, but, um, appropriately enough, I feel like what it reminded me of was the film THX 1138, mm. which was George Lucas's yeah. first film. Um, like it just had that. And, and I feel like that also is, is it in a prison or is it just in a dystopian world where people are controlled i can't remember but i felt like it had that very like it had a very 70s like jumpsuit feel to it like the the way that prison is inside like their garb and like the hallways and everything about it like it felt like yeah like this could have been shot as like like this could be like a a like discarded like clockwork orange like look look to it or um you know or or like logan's run or like that kind of thing like it had that look to it which i thought was great because i think that completely fits star wars mm-hmm. yeah i know it I reminded agree. me like, of the um it reminded me of the prison or the prison the cell or wherever like the room that leia was in when luke found her for the first time yeah absolutely like like that, that same too. like kind of hexagonal shape to it yeah 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 I, I really like like whoever you know the, the the people who did the production design and stuff like i felt like those prison scenes especially i was like this feels so star wars like this feels like the empire and i really like it like like it it like feels yeah like it very much felt of a piece with like classic star wars and i i appreciated that just a little thing since we're talking about uh Mm -hmm. the the prison stuff but so the um one other thing that i wanted to you guys you guys both said you were going to watch rogue one after you after you finish the season did you both do that in the end Mm -hmm. you did so am i am i right in saying i I vaguely remember this but i think this is the case right the guy he is the one guy who escapes with him is in rogue one right yeah he is um and i I just watched rogue one yesterday so i was like i was like yep i know melchie's showing up and like waiting for him waiting for him waiting for him oh in the last scene like not the last scene but the last like action finale um he shows up scarif yeah he's he's one of the he's like one of two named people who join the scarif mission got it yeah so he does show up i you know 
I wouldn't have I wouldn't have recognized it unless I had you know seen somebody else mention that he is someone from Rogue One. Right. But, that yeah. that that's how I remembered is just because I saw it mentioned. It's like okay, like I know he's not one of the main group, obviously, or I'd really remember that. But right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Because I was going to ask, like, who is he in, in that? Yep. That's who he is. This chunk of three episodes, I think, has a markedly different tempo than the rest of the series. So I was curious what you guys thought of the tempo because it was definitely like slower until it wasn't. It was like I liked the tempo personally. I I think um, you might talk more about this, Paul, but like um, I think what you said when you talked about like, are these your favorite episodes or not is very true in that. Like I do wish that it hadn't been broken up so much in every episode with like the other stuff. I recognize that the other stuff kind of has to be there because those plots are also advancing. And I do think there's a certain like more arrogance maybe, or maybe just incompetence about the idea that they are looking like through those episodes, they are like, everyone is looking, especially the empire is looking for this man who they have, they just don't know they have him um, right. the the entire time. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about this. I think I don't remember if it was in the last episode or at or just amongst ourselves about like it's like like the Empire doesn't have fingerprinting apparently. Like it feels a little weird or like retinal scans or like something like that. Um, but like so so like that part of it was kind of like okay like like it, like juxtaposing that kind of worked. And I don't think they could have done three episodes without checking in with any of the other plots no. because then it would have been like yeah. we, we wouldn't have remembered it would have been like what was going on again mm. with these people but i think it might have been nice if one of the episodes could have been like only the prison like like kind of the equivalent of a quote-unquote bottle episode um because a, a more concentrated thing of that i think would have been nice yeah i agree with you like maybe the first episode in the prison like where he's getting acclimated to what's going on and all that stuff and one of the things I like about this series and these prison episodes do a really good job is showing like how the empire works um, mm-hmm. and, and, time. and showing that like, it's a, it's a huge organization that has to do like, they have huge logistical problems that they have to solve. And like, this is like how they do it. Um, and it's something that like, you never really heard that much about, especially in the original trilogy. It was always like, yeah, the empire's bad, but like, how are they bad? Like, what do they do? Like, how does it how does it work? How do they operate? And like this, the series has done a lot to demonstrate that. And I thought the bits with the justice system, and like him getting transported to prison and all that stuff, um, like really helped with a lot of that stuff. Right. Yeah. There are some things that kind of jumped out watching Rogue One to me this time around. I don't want to do a big Rogue One review, but what I'll say is, um, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you do you like it more or less or did it change the, the, the did it change how you felt about rogue one seeing it the short version of it is it made it it made a lot of the things better um but yeah. it it really made the first third of rogue one feels like it was cobbled together from kind of a different movie and it felt like that even more so watching it now because i don't know it 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 made the highs higher and the lows lower of that of that movie if that oh, interesting sense. okay i felt watching it this time around um i'd always thought of that movie as dago luna as like a supporting actor and not like a, a like the, the the star was jim 
and he sure. was just a supporting actor and watching it with this new lens. I was like, Oh no, this dude to me. Why? I don't know if it's cause I know the character and there's just a lot more to it. And I'm all more connected every time he came on screen, but watching rogue one this time around, he felt like the co-star of the movie. Yeah. To a certain extent, I would, I would say like, I mean, Jin is still obviously the star of the movie, but like of the rest of the crew, like he is the one who has a character. Arc. Solo, right. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, he's the one who sees the most growth as a character. Um, and I think now you bring a lot to the movie because having seen now we know so much more about him. Um, and you know, Aside from you like, know it exactly looks like how a... important he is now, right? He started, he basically started a lot of the revolution by helping rob all that shit. <laughs> then he did the and prison we... break. Like, the guy is kind of in the middle of everything leading up to hand that chip to Princess Leia. And what's interesting is watching it. I know we're in a, like a, in a big Rogue One tangent at the moment, but like, what's interesting is watching Rogue One is like how invested in the rebellion Cassian is in that movie compared to how he is in this, at least this first season of Andor, where he's like, oh, yeah. I don't really care that much. And he is like died in the wool, the biggest believer. Like I will fucking like do whatever you tell me to do. I will kill, you know, people left and right for the rebellion. It'll be interesting to see like where we go in the second season here, because like, he's still not there. Like, I mean, obviously at the end of the season, I think it it, it, it would appear by the end of the season. I think we arrive there with a death. I think we arrive there with, with, with Marvis funeral. I think he's going to be like, fuck this. I'm going to fight now. Well, 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 he is kind of like, he obviously makes some sort of commitment at the end with his words to Luthen. Um, but I don't think like, there's a difference between being like, I want to be part of the rebellion and where he is at the beginning of row one. And obviously we have a second season that is filming right now, which the stated goal is, I believe is that like the end of the second season of Andor leads directly into the events of Rogue one. Yeah. yeah, so this I, is it. We're, we're yeah. capping it off after yeah. season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's the idea. Season. So, so we are, so we are halfway through his journey, basically. Oh, that's awesome. at this point. I love yeah. that. So there, yeah, so there has too. to be. I, I think there's going to be a significant time jump between seasons one and two. I think so too. Um, where he's going to be like kind of, you know, acclimated and in the rebellion, and you know, probably eighty percent of the way there, and he needs to like, you know. He needs like the final thing to get him to commit whole hog, which is like where he is. I mean, I mean, there has to be a time jump, right? Because like we, as as it's stated at the the beginning of Andor, right? This is five years before the Battle of Yavin. And like, I don't think, I mean, how much time went by in this thing? A year? Two? Two years? They don't really tell you. I mean, they kind of imply that he's in prison for like a month or two. Like they show his counter go down but like not that much right Um, it it goes um yeah he's been like there's a there's a jump at a point where he's been there a month but then i can't remember how much time goes by after that before like they actually break out maybe i mean because of what happens with the other people outside the prison it can't be that long right good point um the probably the bigger time jump within this season is um when he leaves after Aldani, when he goes and tries to get Marva to come with him and she won't go. And then we see him on that, the, the, what, what do we call it? Alien Cancun um, <laughs> planet. Um, he's clearly been there for a little bit with that, yeah. with that girl and all that. Like he's at least been there for a couple months, I would say um, maybe longer can when, we, when, when he can gets we arrested. Talk about how he just kind of busted back into that apartment and got a suitcase or that squid squid guy or whatever was laying down and, and sleeping that's and a that's a ballsy his, break in right that there. is a ballsy break did in. his 
Did his old apartment just turn into a, a nursing home or something? Like, what the fuck was that? I didn't know. Was that a? Was that a? I didn't know if that was an apartment or a hotel room or what it was. But like, when he broke back in there, and he's like, he's like in the bathroom, and he pulls down the box, and he's going through it. I'm like, just take the box. Yeah. Don't rummage through it in the room. Box like, and leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Then look through it. Like, I agree. what are you gonna do if it's not in there? Like, it if it's not hilarious. in there. It's not in there. Hilarious if he was rummaging through it and inadvertently like started Nemec's manifesto like loudly, <laughs> like, like yeah, no. the, then, yeah. That squid guy came in to go to the bathroom or whatever. Right. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 So so, so 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 but 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 basically what I was saying was like I don't know how much time goes by during this season, but then like if the second season is supposed to take us to Rogue One, like Rogue One happens can't be that much before the Battle of Yavin because like Rogue, Rogue One, One goes right 48 into hours home. before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, right. Well, it depends, right? We, we've said we said this before. We have no idea how long oh, they're on yeah. the Millennium Falcon going to Alderaan. <laughs> like we have we have no sense of if they're on there a month or a week or a day. Like what? Well, is, you know, and they do <laughs> a lot of anything from Obi-Wan. We have no fucking clue. Right. right. They, they do a lot of warping around in Rogue One, too. Like that movie could be a year long for all we know. Right. Um, uh, I do want to talk about one thing I want to talk about is after they get out of prison and they go to steal the quad jumper, we have like kind of the only significant scene with aliens. Yeah. Um, and not to constantly talk about Rogue One, but aliens are everywhere in Rogue One and they are nowhere in this show. Yeah, pretty much nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like that's like the only scene where I think we have like aliens like conversing regularly with like main characters. The, the native Narkinians or whatever you want to call them. I think, so, because my daughter is big into Star Wars and big into the previews, previews, the prequels, um, I think that the that the alien who talks to Cassian and, the, and, and Malchi on the planet, I think he's the same race as Dax from the guy who runs the diner. The diner the guy? Yeah. Hmm. Dex, right? Isn't it Dex? Dex, Dex, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's that. I think he's that. That fucking diner. <laughs> that, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I, I like that scene because they, they, I, I get the impression that the aliens are just like toy, like they know they're going to help them the whole way, and they're just kind of like giving them a hard time because they were going to steal the ship. It's like, no, we're going to help you. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that too. But it is interesting so that it's the only like alien scene when I think about it. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Will. No, no. I'm actually just adjusting what you said. I wonder if that's why people say if you're not into sci-fi, you should still watch the show. That's probably a little of it, although weird. although you could still have like a main alien character. I think it's just that it's like this show um, with maybe one or two exceptions, small exceptions, it's just not very like pew 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 like you know crazy stuff going on (laughs) like like there's no force there's no you know just huge like blaster fights or like thing like there are but like those could just as well just be normal shootouts you know what i mean like you know like like what takes place in the funeral like probably the only exception in these five episodes is the like fight the 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 fight that luthan has with like the the imperial i don't know whatever that ship is that's trying to stop him in the second to last episode. The Imperial radar ship. Yeah, exactly. Giant radar ship. Um, yeah. So, but like other than that, right? Like it's like everything that happens, it's like, you know, 
you could just basically transport everything to like earth and just have it be you know it's like it's like a, a and basically some evil you know ruling class or corporation or you know whatever it happens to be like oppressing this town or like you know the this or the people of this country or whatever and you know all the conversations otherwise could just as well take place you know in in a normal setting a couple things to touch on before we get to marva which is um to me there was two moments in these last two episodes marva scene for for sure and like the beginning of the rebellion to me and then the one way off the boat one way one way out Yes, I got like I got like super like chest pumping like, yes, this is fucking awesome. And I just like to me to get two of those moments in five episodes felt like super rewarding. I just wanted to get your takes on the in particular those two moments. And I'm wondering if there's any other high moments that popped out for you guys. Like as they were like walking out with pipes and shit with one way out, one way. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah, it's not really that kind of like those moments are few and far between because it's not really that kind of show, you know. Yeah, I don't know how it does that so quickly though. But I, I like that, it like twice that, to me. I, I like that it does that in those two spots because I think those two spots are like they are both kind of in their own ways, right? The points at which like it is the places where you really see like rallying like ordinary people in some some way shape or form against the Mm -hmm. empire which is kind of like the seed of like you know of of the rebellion in some way you know it's like in the first instance it's rallying the prisoners and granted it's not not necessarily against the empire like they're going to overthrow the empire it's more like we're going to get out of this prison which is you know anybody would want to do but still like it has that effect and then obviously the marva scene is much more that way and and i think they're both very well done I, I I think like I, I agree with you like I really like that repetition of like the one way one way out you know how it first becomes almost like a watchword amongst like the little crew who are planning the escape and then it becomes like more and more like as he's like on the intercom with everybody and then as they're like going through the halls getting towards the you know the exit you know they're all like chanting it and it's like kind of go, like it's really effective I think and then, uh, yeah, and then Marva's speech. Do we want to talk about Marva's speech now in a little more detail? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, it's you know, Fiona Shaw, I think, is just, um, she does just a great job with that speech. It's it's really, the tempo of it is so good. And the music behind it is really good leading up to it. Like, I think just that that whole funeral scene and where it kind of leads up to is is just done so well. Um. Yeah, I was, it was I epic. Was, I don't know what yeah. the budget was, but like they had, and I don't think it was, you know, CG. There was just a lot of human. It reminded me of like kind of um, Gangs of New York. It's like, whoa, that's that's a big, those are some big shots there with some big music and lots of human beings. My understanding, um, and, and this isn't necessarily the human being part, but I think also part of kind of what makes it good is like, my understanding is that unlike a lot of the other Disney Plus Star Wars shows we watched, this show was largely not filmed using the volume or what or, i was gonna or, ask right? if you guys knew that if that is that what that's called it's called the volume that big it, screen behind them isn't that what it's called, yeah it's called, yeah. The, yeah it's called the volume i think um basically i mean i i don't know the, the like i don't know the quote-unquote the reason to use it or not use it or whatever um but i know they're filming a lot of stuff right now and that you know can't necessarily schedule everything right in there but um 
Yeah, I mean, they filmed a decent amount on location. Um, you know, they they did a lot of, I mean, there's tons of digital work in these yeah, movies, like absolutely. set extensions and sky replacements. And like, I would not place bets one way or the other, whether they did crowd duplication or not. Like, right. they, they're so good at that now. It's like, you can't tell. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was interesting. I mean, it felt, it, it made it feel different and i think it was and i think that was something they intentionally wanted to do um it's a sh it's a show that in a lot of ways star wars often feels expansive and this show often feels claustrophobic um it takes place like the prison scenes or if you're on ferrix and you have these like narrow city streets um with like tall buildings around it and it's just you, you don't get a lot of like giant alien vistas which you do kind of get in Star Wars a fair amount. And it's right. just, this wasn't that kind of show, um, which is like one of the things that's very appealing about it because, you know, Marvel had the same problem a few years ago where like everything they were doing felt kind of samey. Um, and they needed to start letting different creators make different choices in their movies. And that gave us things like Thor Ragnarok and stuff like that. And I think Star Wars needs to do the same thing too, right? Like not everything can feel like the Mandalorian um, or we're going to have a really big problem. Um, and this show very much doesn't, it feels like something else, but still feels like star Wars. And I think that, you know, the production design, the, you know, the sets, the locations, like all of that helps it feel a little bit different. Yeah. You know, something that happened in that scene that took me a little out of it. And I was, I was confused is, um, when Deidre was basically getting pummeled and she gets like pulled out of the crowd by, Cyril. It's a uh, Cyril. Cyril. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, are these two going to fuck? Like what's happening here? Oh, this is, <laughs> that is not the first time they gave off. Like they're about to make out vibes. Um, and Man, I, I, I missed that foreshadow the last time. Though. Right. It was just like, I, what, what, what just happened? I do wonder where that's going in the second season. Like, I mean, clearly, you know where he stands. Like he, like whether you want to call it fucking or he's just obsessed with her on some other level, like clearly he's obsessed. Like, I wonder what, she'll do with that if like she'll actually reciprocate in some way or if it just means that she will sort of like allow him to take a greater hand in whatever's going on i mean it's also interesting to think about where she's going to be in the beginning of the second season because you know kind of fucked up here <laughs> like she's probably going to be kind of on whatever you know uh part of gaz or whatever his name is like the 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 head of the isb or not the head but you know her her supervisor um, right. beyond be on his shit list after kind of being on his good side for uh, a while i can't imagine maybe like she'll get relegated to serial land and the two of them will be these outcast misfits so pissed at cassian andor they have to find him it could be yeah it could be I, I i i do wonder what they're doing with serial because i kind of felt like he was there's gonna be more development with him in this season and i kind of kept waiting for it and it kind of never came like he's just still like a a disgruntled little weenie um, right who's obsessed with andor bitch. because yeah. like it ruined his career yeah um i i so i i don't know what they're doing with him like this show has, has does a really good job of like zigging when i expect it to zag like the, and a good example of that is is this like the 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 funeral scene because you expect like cassian to be a major part in this and it's like nope like he's off rescuing his friend and like doesn't really factor into the big battle even a little bit like he's off doing something else uh which is totally not what i was expecting to happen right like 
everybody's basically there because of him and he's just like i'm not not involved in what's going on right yeah yeah which was an interesting choice and kind of a cool choice i really like by the way this is kind of random but since we're talking about like who did figure into it i like that they made use of like bell tower anvil guy a lot in i love that because yeah. i love I, I just loved that it's just a random touch throughout the series having that dude and i like that he was like um... kind of yeah part of it yeah it was great it was great such a cool little like random cultural touch i feel like i agree and the the other thing i really liked if we're talking about random cultural stuff like is the the, the funeral where they turn you into a brick yeah like that's such a cool idea like it was such a cool idea that like i almost couldn't believe it hadn't been done before agreed um, like like it's definitely a thing like it's like what is this based on like this feels so well observed to not yeah. be based in some part on something like something actual and some real like uh you know human culture yeah. did you google it did, did no. you see if you could be turned into a brick poly I'll, I'll turn you into a brick dude I'll i mean i'm sure i can be turned into a brick right but is it like the regular part of some culture I got this yeah. orange hair. You don't even need to dye me. I'll do the dyeing. You guys just turn me into a brick. <laughs> Not sure that's how it works. At the uh, uh, at at the press it like a like a, like a Lego. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like play doh, like those play doh extruders. <laughs> <laughs> um, at at the end when um when Cassian uh gets Bix to, you know, the rest of his friends, half of them I didn't even remember their names. I remember Brasso and obviously B or B2 EMO or whatever you want to call them, the the droid. But like the other ones, it was like Pegla and and who's the like I don't the remember. young guy whose dad was the guy who ran the thing and got tortured and died. Like yeah. like I don't know, I don't Pop, know his name. Pipe bomb kid. Yeah, pipe bomb kid, exactly. Um but you know, pipe and she's kid. like it was interesting because it was like th- this is another like zig when you or they haven't zigged yet, but I wonder. It's like they make a big deal about, about like, you know, it's like he'll find us and it's like, I'll find, he'll find you. find us. Yeah. yeah. And part of me wonders, it's like, I wonder if we are going to see them again or not. Or like if or or maybe we'll see them. But I wonder if he will actually ever find them or not. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Right. Like normal Star yeah. Wars thing would say like, yeah, like he is going to find them at some point. Um, But with this show, it wouldn't entirely surprise me if like that he never sees them again. Like maybe they end up help be, helping the rebellion in their own way. And like, we see part of that in the next season, but like they never actually see each other again. I hope we do see them because like the big guy, especially Brasso, I really like him and I would like to see him more in the, in the next season. He was really hauling off at people with that brick. <laughs> yeah. Whacking people Whacking. with dead Marva. He really was. <laughs> The Marva brick. No, <laughs> she wouldn't. She, she would have wanted it that way. So she absolutely sure would. She actually would have. A hundred percent. Um, I don't. I don't think there's a, a lot to discuss. But I did want to give a nod to the droids in this in this show. I did. I did like whatever this B, whatever his name is, B two EMO, and then also like, I'm sure. I don't know if you guys picked up on this right away or Paul, you picked up when we watched Rogue One, but like they're clearly building the droids that Cassian Andor hacked and turned into like his buddy in Rogue One. We see one of them. We not, see one. Yeah. yeah. In, well, in, in the episode where he gets arrested, right? In in mm-hmm. in Alien right. Cancun, one of yeah, that's the one that's like holding him and like starts choking him. Um right. 
and and i wondered if that was the one or whatever but then it's like no no that that, that would be dumb that would be like fucking you know prequels star wars where it's like eh, anakin built c3po like that kind of shit do you, do you think we're gonna <laughs> see yep. k2so in the next season That's i kind of hope we uh, don't i think we might like by the end of the well, season it's gonna lead right into it dude. right exactly and, I, and yeah. I feel like part of that prison scene was to set up like a, how would he know how to do that right there's a payoff there he knows how to do it because he built these fucking things for maybe three days or maybe seven months. Who knows? Yeah, I, I always wonder when they say it's gonna like lead right into Rogue One. I wonder what that means, and then I remember that like, oh yeah, Rogue One leads right into Episode Four. Right. Um, so they they could mean like up to the moment before it starts. Right. They literally could. Yeah. Well, we'll see what what that really means. I don't know that we will see a lot of other people who are part of the team in Rogue One. Like, like, I don't well, know that we'll see, like, Donnie Yen and, like, those people. But, well, like, they, they, they meet them during the course of the movie. Right, exactly. Right? So, so, so yeah. I don't... And, and well, I, I couldn't remember if, like, that's Cassian's first time meeting all those people or not, or if it's really just Jin's, or if they, like, put too fine no, a point it, on that. It is, which is which is one of the weird things about that movie is, like, they basically all get hauled off to Saw Gerrera's together, and it's like, oh, you're part of the team now. And it's like, wait, you're trusting these guys really quickly. And speaking yeah. of speaking, speaking of Saw Gerrera, <laughs> yeah. boy, he's got to have a gonna bad time you. in season two because he is fucked up in Rogue One and he is mostly fine in this in the, in the season That's one. Right. I was going to ask you if you guys noticed he had his legs and shit, but it, but going into Rogue One, he's just uh, you know yeah. Some, r- some remind me, legs. so it's like yeah, it's there's that, and he also has like the breathing apparatus, kind of right. He's got the breathing thing. He's got no legs, and I they don't make it clear he could be missing an arm because he's got one glove on and one like non ungloved hand. Yeah. So that'll definitely be, I mean, you got to think we will find that out in season two because we've seen him now. So in season one, like they showed him twice. Um, well, for fuck's sake, probably in episode one or two, then he's going to have to go through some shit and be sitting in a back to tank for a minute for, if, if we're leading right into season, right into rogue one. Yeah. Yeah. It was, or, you know, like you said, if there's a time jump, maybe it just happens with the time jump, but, um, but I have the feeling so that Jin Erso, hold on a minute. So, so Jin Erso is alive, you think, when season one of Andor or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, only, the, it's because, only five years before or, or less than five, but we don't know how much less than five uh, years before Rogue One. Um, right. And Jin grows up with Saw and then like pieces out for more than it like, for several years before they see her again. Yeah. Because she says like she was 16 when she left him or he ditched her. And it's not clear how old she is, but you know, yeah, she's so this is probably po- not a teenager. Post Jin ditching him, and and obviously pre Rogue One, but she's yeah. out. She's out somewhere, basically. It was there cool to see him. I, I I didn't expect. Sorry, sorry. I, I just want to say, like, I didn't expect to see him. It was cool to see him in the show. You know, he they, actually they shows up in a lot of, and It was cool. He shows up in like um, Star Wars Rebels too, like in the cartoon. Um, like he's popped up here and there quite, he's a, quite a number of times. He's a, he's a cool character, so I understand why they'd want to use him in different places. And he's, you know, he has a lot of mystique to him by the time of Rogue One, so it would make sense that he would pop up a fair amount as yeah, one of these But people. using him, I hope they continue to use him sparingly because that's where he works best. Agreed. I think his character in Rogue One was more impactful to me watching it this time because seeing him in Andor, to be honest with you. Not that much happened, but like this, like understanding that, like, I don't think I quite understood. There was all these different sects of, of rebels doing their own fucking thing. They weren't yep. all like together. And then like 
the the paranoia he had in Rogue One was like, oh, I, I totally get it now. This this character makes like a the way he's acting, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, all of this helps to kind of fill a lot of that stuff in more. And and I guess it's like similar to like you know, it's 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 almost retrofitting this, but it's like you know, like when you watch a show, like when we watch The Mandalorian, and like I don't know if you're someone who's watched like you know whatever like clone wars or rebels or whatever it is and like ahsoka tano pops up and you're like oh like i know who this is and it's like that's cool she's there it's like now it's almost like saga era and rogue one becomes that in a way like if you watch chronologically it's like oh i know who this is and this person's like important to me and they've done a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. uh we'll say when he just was like yeah i'm not gonna they were like get on the plane in rogue one they're like come on get on the plane and he's like nah I'm just going to blow up here on this planet. I'm like, that didn't feel very soccer to me. No, but he also like, he's like, eh, you can't move fast anymore. Like he probably knows like, what's he going to do? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, we do. We did like, I felt like, um, Mon's storyline just kind of died on the vine a little bit at the end of this season. And I felt the same way about Luthen where Luthen was a, such a strong character and he, he kind of wraps up. I don't know. Like I felt a little, yeah, I, I, like I kind both, of agree. Both like, stories could have could have really been like, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but we, we should have dove in a, a little deeper, or like had some type of clarity on what's what's happening there. I think that they, they had like nine episodes of Mon Mothma content that they stretched into twelve. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think I which, think in this this big half or this last half, like I would say, like the two biggest things, like there's all the financial stuff we talked about, which like is maybe kind of important in a way, but not terribly interesting. Um, and like probably the two biggest things that happen in these last five episodes, well, one is big and one is just the my favorite part for Mon Mothma. The big part is probably that you learn that Vel is actually her cousin. Um, so that kind of puts those two together. And then the other thing is I just really like that scene in the finale where she like stages that conversation where she accuses yeah. her, her husband of gambling. Like that's very clever. Um, and, and then they, and she then knows they show the chauffeur is listening off. in. Right. Yeah. And then they show exactly how it pays off, that it provides this nice cover story for like if anything is weird in in you know her finances. It's like, okay, this is gonna is show. Is the implication at the end this is something I, I couldn't quite follow. Is the implication at the end that her daughter is probably excited for an arranged marriage? Because there's that scene where like her daughter and other girls are like they don't really explain what they're into, but they're into something old right. from their planet. Right. And I and I kind of got the sense that it was like it was that that they were into like these old like you know retrograde customs, and that's so therefore like maybe she would be into the idea of of an arranged marriage as a result. That was my assumption, although I don't know that we can go that far and definitely assume that. But like yes, like I I think like clearly she was like into these like old what is it chandralan is that, is that what is it chandralan yeah. customs that like bon mothma and vel very much are not and are like 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 are basically both like oh what the fuck um and then yeah it's like she doesn't smile or anything like you just see her like at the end with like the boy like devil school dunes son but she's like very blank like it's hard to get a read on her one way or the other agreed so so, so i don't know that we can say she's excited but like it seems like she might be like okay with it, but clearly Mon Mothma is not. 
it's right. it's and and that one's like a little interesting it's like hard because it's like well it's like it's her daughter but it's like we've never seen her daughter be anything but super shitty to her but like i guess she's at that age where all kids are potentially super shitty to their parents so yeah it's it like like you said like there wasn't quite enough mon mothma content to like really like kind of uh there might not be period they might have just really wanted to introduce you to her to show how kind of um if there's anything the show did from there's as we talked about there's a couple like arcs here like they're like two or three episode arcs but the overarching arc of the whole thing is essentially like how uh like how a rebellion is is like born and and kind of like how um I don't know, an evil empire can can start to like function and form really quick and the, and the mechanics of like what it took to build such infrastructure for that empire to be. And she's an important part, right? Yeah, no, ab- ab- absolutely. And, and I think, it, like you said, it's good to see, you know, what they were trying to show was like a bunch of different threads of people from very different backgrounds kind of and how they yeah. are kind of coming together. And like in her, and since she's in a position of power, but kind yeah. of showing somebody how, in the government and somebody that's right. got money that can like right. be and, that and, leader on the other side. And I do think that part of it is interesting. And in, in terms of what I think both of you were saying before, like it does feel like the first five maybe or so episodes of the show were like maybe a little lighter on Cassian content than I might have thought and heavier yeah. on, say, Luthen and Mon Mothma. And then it kind of flipped in yeah. the back half. Like it was much more Cassian heavy. Um, but you still had these Luthen and Mon Mothma parts, which kind of seemed almost superfluous at times like a little bit like oh we're back to this and then it's we you kind of wanted to get back to the cassian stuff most of the time yeah you kind of got over it was a thing right <clears throat> and i think that i think that's the point it's probably the same thing with bix it was kind of like that that torture scene Polly. i was like yeah whatever like i saw her in episode one and two like i thought she was going to be something bigger in the show like wh- why am i hopping out of the parts i'm really enjoying to, to watch a torture scene with this person i mean i i was Early in the in the series, I thought they were once he left Ferrix, I thought they were not coming back. Like I thought that was the end of the thing there. And then they picked up like big and all that stuff. Part of me thinks they had that that tortury bit because in a way you could almost start rooting for Deirdre at the ISB and like cause she was like and they and they wanted to like hammer home like no you shouldn't be rooting for her she's actually like a terrible awful person. I absolutely think that was part of it because I do think it's like she's. Deidre is a fairly major character and like most of her scenes in Coruscant, she is pitted against someone who you like less and you are like kind of want you you, and she's very competent at her job. And so it makes you kind of be like, yeah, like, come on, like, like, come up, like, you know, it's like you're you, you know, like, like, and she has like these really smart ideas. And yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Like they want to make sure like you remember that it's like she's part of the empire and she's like very much a believer and she does some pretty bad things. Right, it's like yeah, the same you, trick they you, pulled. You understand? They pulled, yes, this yeah. Is, yeah, it's the same trick they pulled in Obi Wan with his sister. That it was like, oh, like before you think she's going to be redeemed and be okay. It's like, no, she's willing to torture like a little kid. Like, she, right. she's she's evil, and that's what I mean by like that kind of. It can be like lazy shorthand for like, no, this person is is evil. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of the torture not, is it was. Um, I don't want to say cool because torture is not cool, but it was novel. Let's put it that way. I thought that's a good um, maybe maybe not literally novel. Like I'm sure that kind of thing has been done in other sci-fi, but like in Star Wars, it was it was it was interesting to kind of have that sort of that, that sort of idea. And and again, it was like a fairly 
detailed backstory that they have for like what she is you know what she is listening to and kind of where it comes from and all that and i thought it was effective um and i'm glad we didn't really see it too much beyond that um, i mean there's no way you really you, you can't that, see it exactly and you can't hear it right like there's no such sound like that that exists so yeah. like what could you really right Ag- agreed yeah you don't accomplish much by just watching somebody screaming wearing headphones right exactly uh, anything else you guys want to cover? I think I'm kind of tapped out of notes on my side. What do you, where do you guys stand on the conspiracy theory of is Luthen a Jedi? Or I, was a Jedi at no, some point? I did not know that was a conspiracy theory. I hope not. So th- there's two reasons people think that. One, I mean, he has a kyber crystal. And he when he goes to visit Saw, he has something vaguely lightsaber-esque that they look at. And he's like, give me that back. Right. Um, and then, you know he's got his like lightsaber weapons on his ship thing that comes out. Um, that was cool. And the theory is, is he like a diso- like, was he a Jedi who became like disillusioned? And this is what he does now. I guess that's possible. I hope the, I hope the answer is no, but yeah, me too. I hope the answer is no. Um, or, you know, I guess I have faith to some degree that if, even if the answer is yes, that it is, covered in a way that doesn't feel like weirdly fan servicey the show has avoided that pretty successfully i would say in this season yeah. and i hope it continues to do so because it doesn't feel like that kind of show so yeah yeah i feel like yeah because i do i feel like the easy answer is like oh yeah he he really likes that kyber crystal because that was for his lightsaber or whatever right um, yeah i mean now that you laid all that out it's like well, i can very much see why that would be a conspiracy theory like that those all kind of make sense i did wonder what that thing was when he went to see saw Gerrera. and it's a and, candlestick right and it doesn't come into play like later like it's not like he like gives it to saw or like it's some kind you know or anything right. like that so yeah well, I guess we'll see. And then he's in his black hooded thing that looks kind of Jedi in the in the in the funeral. Which, you know, it's just a fucking cloak with a hood, but it's like we don't usually see other people wearing that <laughs> unless they're Jedi's. <laughs> right. We did say like it was kind of obvious Obi-Wan was Obi-Wan because he was just wearing a right. cloak his, with a his hood. disguise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His Jedi disguise. Yeah. I'm uh I'm I was a little sad um and and this gets to maybe like you said lack of Luthen content in the last part of the series but I was sad that we didn't get to see one more scene of him in his antique dealer mode I very much enjoyed his antique dealer mode his like fake smile and his like wig and all that yeah, yeah. I, I did like that too yeah so I I do I I imagine we will get to see it in season two at some points and I hope we do continue to I didn't think of this before but the fact that Cassian could just like end up in jail with the wrong name and nobody notices it lends a lot more credence that Obi-Wan can just hide by changing his first name to Ben and nobody can realize who he is <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh my goodness um do we want to be it's as common as Williams and Smith yeah exactly and, and just like everybody, well, everybody's a Kenobi the the Empire's but, fatal flaws they work on the honor system for ID. Everybody is a Kenobi, but there is only one Owen per planet. We did learn that. Yeah, we did learn that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we want to talk really quickly about that. Uh, I mean, not that there's much to talk about, but that post credit scene or mid credit scene or what do you want to talk to at the end, which basically shows that the things that they were 
the the machines or whatever those parts that they were um creating on narkina 5 in the prison over and over and over again are like connectors for like the disc which basically becomes like the firing disc of the death star so they are they probably along with other prisoners in like all parts of the galaxy are basically work you know like you said like they just need people to work and one of the things or maybe the thing they're working on is the death star all the parts of the death star they are basically I mean, creating when they showed them working on those widgets in the prison i just assumed it was for the death star yeah because it was like what else would they need to make a whole lot of right i didn't really think about it but yeah makes perfect sense yeah so it's like yep they're constructing the death star which also is nice in a way just beyond the fact that it's like well of course they're doing that it's like yeah cassian was like obviously rogue one the death star figures heavily into the entire plot of rogue one um and he is you know instrumental obviously and eventually helping to deliver the plans on how to you know defeat the death star and so it's interesting that like at one point he unwittingly was putting you know making the parts to build the death star without knowing it probably I thought it was interesting that they touched on the fact that like they were cheaper than droids to work on stuff. Cause like part of you just think like, why don't they just have automated factories building this stuff? And I guess the answer is like, yeah, droids and shit, like they do break and they need maintenance. And like, if you don't really take care of humans, they're probably very, very cheap. If you just right. don't care if they die, you just give them a fucking hose of mush to eat and, yeah, then, just, exactly. and then just replace them with new prisoner. You just keep arresting people for no apparent reason. And just, right. just funneling him into prison. Just work him to death. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they never leave. As as yeah. as we learned. Uh they never leave. Oh, that reminded me of uh the the dude that that old dude um was cast really well, I think. Just just I don't know, just he looks so fucking old that like the, the prisoner, the guy who has the stroke and dies yep. like on their team or whatever. He just looks so fucking old and then like just he just looks like he's like decaying in front of you kind of as his like fingers get more gnarled. And then he has like the stroke and shit like that. Ugh, it was yeah. so, it's so horrible. Those, those, ep I mean, in they're great episodes, like we said, but like, it's just, it, it's just very, I thought well written and well done like that, the, that entire prison sequence. I know we already talked about it, but I'm just thinking back to it. I, um, I know he didn't write all of this, but he was a showrunner. Um, I, you know, I certainly hope that Tony Gilroy is doing most or, you know, large parts of the second season as well, because I really liked his sensibilities here. And he wrote, right. He wrote the script for Rogue One. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, I'd so. have to look. Gareth, um, Gareth Edwards directed it. I know that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I know he was involved. I don't know. I don't know exactly what his role was. Yeah. I, know I do know it was his idea for, for Andor to be two seasons. So I would imagine he's probably heavily invested. Like this is kind of his master plan for this. Yeah, he he did the screenplay for it along with Chris Weitz, um, who's the dude who uh, directed uh, About a Boy and also American mm. Pie, hmm. interestingly enough. So you're saying he's he's got a style. He sticks to it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Can't you tell? They would never do this, but I, man, I would love if the end of season two just has Cassian walking into a spa and they're like, you're going to come out of this looking 10 years younger. <laughs> and he just, 
because I, I know it's like it doesn't really matter, but like he and he and Mon Mothma look noticeably younger in Rogue One than they do in this in this series. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, good point. I was going to make same a, people. I was yeah. going to make a. It's going to make a comment about how Diego Luna doesn't really age, though. He still looks great. He does. He looks great, but he definitely looks younger in Rogue One than he does in this movie. Yeah, he probably seven can't years really ago. Help that. You know, six yeah. years ago, seven years ago, something like that. Yeah. How old is Diego Luna? He is two days older than you, I believe. You were correct. He's two days older than me. Look at that. <laughs> I happened to look it up while I was going to. I was going to yeah. make a comment about how good he how good he looks. Yeah. He looks better than any of us. Yeah, and you know, I'm two days younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Well, we can't all be Diego Luna, can we? No, I suppose we can't. Um, I looked up uh, in Rogue One also a little further. So, um, Rogue One, uh, you know, they shot the whole movie, and you guys might know this, and then they did extensive reshoots. Yeah. And in those extensive reshoots, Tony Gilroy directed them. Interesting. Yeah, he directed the reshoots, and uh, as it says here, um, he was hired to direct the reshoots and rework aspects of the film. So he and, actually and, did a fair amount of Rogue One, it sounds like. And you can definitely, I, I feel like you can feel it in that movie. Like, there are scenes that are just like, this doesn't feel quite right. This is happening too fast. Like, it feels like there was more of a story that they're cutting around or something. Yeah. Um, especially, the like I said, especially the first third of the movie feels a little bit messy. Um, yeah, and it's then it really comes together a- after they blow up Jetta City. The movie really comes together. I was gonna say, like, it's like I like having, unlike you guys, having not watched Rogue One for a while. And I think the last time I've seen Rogue One, it's only been parts and it's been more the last half of the movie. And I feel like that is like it's definitely after Jetta blowing up that, like, it is the part that I very much remember much more of the movie. Yeah. Does after Jetta blows up, like the 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 stuff with uh, where where Jay, where Galen Erso dies and all that is after that, right? It's after that, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember all that, and I obviously remember all the Scarif part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are we gonna put grades on this whole thing, or I, I was, guess I was right? just gonna ask that. I think we should. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, go 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 ahead, Nish. Let me know. What do you okay. think? Hmm. It's uh. I think just based on feel, so to speak, my gut, if you will, um, I'm going to give this a very high grade. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half. That might be a little higher than it really deserves, because I do feel like we talked about some of the issues that maybe come with like there are a lot of disparate threads of this. And there are definitely some episodes where it goes back and forth between parts of the story that like some of them just don't quite measure up in terms of like what you care about quite as much to like what's going on in particularly most of the time, the Cassian part in the latter half. And I think that maybe could have been done a little better rather than checking back and forth all the time. But barring that, like, I I just feel like it is so effective. Um, Like I didn't, you know, it's not really the kind of show I think that makes you cry, but I definitely felt, something like like you said willie like especially in that last episode with like marva's speech and it's like i was i was impressed that this show would kind of make me really feel and and really feel these people's plight and also like 
sort of the heroism of them coming together in the end. And I don't know, I, I felt like it earned it, like kind of going up to that. I'm really excited for when the second season comes out to see the to see the back half of this series. Um, and I'm just really impressed with what they managed to do, you know, on, on the show. Like we said, going in, not a show that I was like, you know, when they announced all these shows, I was like, all right, Cassie and Andor, like, I guess. And, you know, damn, if it isn't kind of going to be the best one of these, in my opinion. I mean, you know, The Mandalorian does something different, but I would say on the whole, like, quality-wise, this is probably the best one for me. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, I think I liked Obi-Wan more than most people. Um, But this... I, this I thought was better for a variety of reasons. Um, yeah, so I think it's probably the best Star Wars show. Um, like Mandalorian season one, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I do think this is better, maybe because my expectations were like, like you said, Nish, pretty low. Yeah. To be honest. Um, but they, they they've done something really, really well done. I'll be curious to see how they pull it all together. You know, beginnings are easier to do than than endings. That is true. So so we will see. But uh, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm there at a four and a half for the show. Right in line. Uh, same, same for me. Um, and I'm hoping what you said, Paul, um, is the opposite in that um, I think, based on Rogue One, Tony Kilroy writes a killer fucking ending. Well, so I'm kind of hoping that they do like a, they, they really tie it together really neatly from you know, wherever we start season two to, 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 to where we end season two, but um, totally enjoyable and similar to rogue one for me in all the ways in which I remember when rogue one was announced, I was like, eh, really like, eh, like, do I really want to see this? And then um, I fucking loved it. I, I, I love it more and more every time I see it. And now I'm loving it even more after the show. So good stuff. I wonder if they'll tell more stories from this time period. I mean, so Star Wars Rebels is happening contemporaneously with this show. Um, and what's interesting about this time period is the re- so the Rebellion actually comes together in Rogue One for the first time. But there's lots of different parts of it. So there's lots of stories you could tell here with like very little overlap if they wanted to. And it's it's a really interesting time in the Star Wars timeline. So... I wonder if they'll explore it more in the future. It's kind of the most compelling, you know, like the build, right? Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, okay. Do we want to do emails, <clears throat> or do we want to just wrap up, or how do you guys want to? How do you, you want to proceed from here? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> do we have any emails? Um, you know, we actually, the email, we have emails. I don't know if we have any that, um, are really worth reading through. It's been a little slow with the, uh, the holidays, but peeling back the, um, thing for a second. Um, um, I would say that, uh, you know, it's, it's the first episode of 2023. I think this is good. This is going to come out, I think pretty soon after we actually record for once. Um, we've been getting yeah. better, better and better with that. Actually, within a probably within a day or two. Yeah, there you go. When, now, now that you said that, we're jinxing it for sure. <laughs> but um, when do we but, yeah, so, shows, Paul? Thursdays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday? 
Oh shit! I gotta do it tomorrow. I gotta do it. I gotta do it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So 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 the email flow has been a little slow. I would say maybe because of the holidays. Um, so I would encourage people email us. We will. I you you know I will read your emails or at least an email uh, per per episode. You can email us at talktopodvoice at gmail If you don't feel like writing an email, just go to Open GPT and be like compose an email to podflix for me and then like we'll just read That's from right. the fucking robot yeah, it's the, fine the, there we go It'll or you, you could ask the bot to answer it too yeah oh yeah even better and what would podflix Send an say email to podflix email? what would podflix say yeah god i don't want to know what a fucking ai machine learning thing would think we would say yeah i have a quick question for you in the vein hmm. of the type of email that someone would send uh, that that kind of occurred to me, but since we're talking about Andor, um, what uh, what would you guys say is your favorite droid from the Star Wars universe? I mean, it's got to be R two D two, right? I'm trying to think if there's like one that like I mean, it's R two D two is the easy answer, right? Because like we grew up with R two D two as awesome. I'm trying I mean, to think if there's I one mean, that the prequels do. I really like, they do. I really like the guy from uh, from Rogue One. K, I do too. His name is it's like, K. It's like this K2SO. like K2SO. K2SO. Yeah. Has, there we go. Like he's like been programmed that he has to be direct and honest and he says inappropriate things all the time. He reminds me of or I guess it would be the other way. Um uh Tars from Interstellar reminds me of him. In in as much sure. as it's like the same kind of like kind of generally sort of sarcastic like I'm on your side but I don't really love it. Like kind of thing. That's right. I also I forgot her name but the, the robot from from solo is also a really good droid yeah what is it what what is her name i haven't seen that movie in quite a while yeah 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 i saw it the one time and it was a long time ago that's a droid who gets done dirty in that movie yeah I'm, i'm i'm looking for it any any other droids we can think of i mean maybe controversial i i I find 3po kind of annoying I don't think that's controversial. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's controversial. I think I think the the amount that he's in the sequel trilogy is a direct reflection on how annoying he is. Yes, right. I would agree with that. L L three three seven is the uh, is the really? droid from yeah is a droid from Solo. Uh, that's right. They they call it L three all the yeah. time, right? Voiced by uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, who's going to be in that new Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Saw the preview for that again today. It looks, it looks really good. Maybe not the maybe not the movie, but it, I mean, it visually looks really good. I don't think. Sorry to go back to the actual question for a second. Yes. I think I don't think Star Wars gets enough credit for the quality of their droids, because that is that is something that I think is surprisingly easy to screw up. Yeah, and they consistently do a really good job. Like they could screw it up by reusing you know the same ones or overusing them too much yes they do that with with 3po and r2 a bit but they keep coming up with like new different ones that look different that act different like they do a good job yeah the models are always pretty good like you said and then like they're never they're almost always like either one of the best parts of like scenes they're in or they're at least like not actively annoying 3po aside like they're you know it's like they like you know even uh i can't remember her name now but like the leia's little little 
flying droid. The little flying guy? Yeah. Why can't I remember the The battery's not included droid? Yeah, exactly. From Kenobi. Um, uh, from Obi-Wan, sorry. Um, I couldn't couldn't even remember the name of it now. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I really liked... Um, we're supposed to be done talking about Andor, but like, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with B or B2 EMO or whatever it was in, uh, in Andor, um, it was very sweet and sad. Like the way that he acts when, after Marva has passed away in that second to last episode, how he like kind of doesn't know how to be and like is trying to grieve in his own way and like, doesn't want to leave like the house and all that. Um, it, it, it creates like a very believable, like, I love the personality that they, that they choose to give droids in the star Wars universe. It's, it's, it's always, a, cool. it's always a weird thing of how much sentience a droid actually has. It's, it's a gray sketchy area. It is. And it, it's definitely one of those things that like, you know, like you were saying with something else, like it's like something that maybe falls apart a bit, like if you think too hard about it, but yeah, I, I still like it. I will say 3PO, as annoying as he is, was one of, in my opinion, the more tolerable parts of Rise of Skywalker. Um, they actually give him a really good little bit of business to do there. Yeah. Where he gets the, his mind erased and all that. Right. Like it, it, it is one of the more moving parts, first of all, the fact that he's going to like choose to like erase his mind and like everything will be gone. And then they get a couple of little laughs out of it. Like the like what's his name babu frick or whatever the the, the the little guy who does his yeah thing like i really like that he like when he comes back to life and he sees him and then he like somebody mentions babu frick and he's like oh yes babu frick he's my oldest friend it's like the one person <laughs> he's met in the five minutes that he's been rebooted yeah yeah so yeah i mean and probably from that movie dio is probably the biggest droid miss yeah i like I, I agree yes i did not I felt like they wanted us to really like care about him. And it's just like, no, nope. no, nope. we got BB eight. We don't care about yeah. He's our cute droid for this yeah, series yeah. of movies. Exactly. Yeah. I forgot that Dio existed until you just said that. And it's like, Oh yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say that three PO is pretty cute. Yes, absolutely. And when, when, when I say that three PO is one of the more tolerable parts of rise of Skywalker, I mean, a lot of that is rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. 